Paul said, I needed to focus on the right target. My past was not the right target. So I had to take my eyes off of the past and set them on my future. God help me in this place. Because as long as I look back, I cannot move forward. You know, before, before, before uh, rear cameras came out, hallelujah, on these nice new vehicles that they got now, if you wanted to go backwards, you had to, you had to look back. And if you look back, it meant you were going back. You cannot drive forward looking back. You have to think about how far you're going to go. If you throw that bad boy in drive and start moving forward while you're looking back, you are not going to get very far. As a matter of fact, hallelujah, you are running the risk of crashing and hurting yourself. Anybody who tries to move forward looking back, hallelujah, will end up injuring themselves. Are you in this place? And so Paul said, hallelujah, I got to lose my past. I have to lose my religion, in Paul's case. I had to lose some of the mistakes I've made so that I can move forward. And I needed a target. And that target for me, watch this, was the prize of the high calling. I love Paul, hallelujah. He said, I'm not settling for a low calling. I'm going after a high calling. And some of you are settling for a low calling when God has a high calling for your life. Hallelujah. If David were here, he would tell you, hallelujah, the reason your giant ain't coming down is because you're aiming too low. The reason your giant ain't coming down because you're aiming too low. If David were here, he would tell you you need to aim high. That giant went down because I aimed high. Uh, David is but a ruddy young lad that is short and that giant is huge. I'm not going to throw rocks at his knees. <laughs> I have to aim high. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Somebody shout focus. That same David, if he were here, he would tell you, hallelujah, or he would testify in this place also, hallelujah, that one day of distraction could lead to a lifetime of drama. If David were here, he would testify that one day of distraction could lead to a lifetime of drama. David got distracted for one day, hallelujah. And from that one distraction, hallelujah, he had drama in his house for the rest of his life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Look at somebody real quick and tell them, don't lose your focus. Yeah, 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 yeah. If Habakkuk, the lyricist, because I, I, I read this text and I said, I didn't know he was a lyricist. The lyricist. If he had to put a title on that song, the name of that song would probably be, probably be, Don't Lose Your Focus. Don't Lose Your Focus. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place, church? If you're blessed, shout glory. glory. 
Listen, even from the beginning, God help me, even from the beginning in Genesis, hallelujah, the Bible says that when the earth was formless and void and empty and darkness covered the face of the deep, the first thing that God does is that he says, let there be light. Watch this. And then when light shows up, after light shows up, God begins to bring things into order. He doesn't bring things into order until light shows up. Before there was light, there was darkness, and everything was out of order. Are you hearing me in this place? When I'm talking about darkness in your Bible, darkness is not just simply the absence of light. Uh, darkness in your Bible is usually referring to the absence of knowledge. It's referring to ignorance. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. A lot of relationships are not destroyed because there was a lack of love. They're destroyed because there was a lack of knowledge and there was a lack of focus. I'm losing my amens. I better not go down that road today. Hallelujah. Lately, I've been having a tendency to go down that road. Are you blessed in here? Watch this. Notice, notice. So then light then, watch this, is wisdom and revelation when light shows up then the wisdom and the revelation exists for you watch this to be able to bring things in order because bringing things into order is a sign of maturity but can I help you in here can I say it like I feel it you can't talk to me about you having revelation and you can't bring things into order because you got people getting excited about a revelation that they receive. Can I help you in here? You don't receive revelation so you can shout. You receive revelation so that you can bring things into order. Hallelujah. And you got a lot of people who are shouting over a revelation and going to call somebody else about a revelation they read about, received, gleaned, hallelujah, but are not applying that revelation to bring things into order. You can't talk to me about a revelation you have and you ain't bringing things into order. The minute light shows up, God starts bringing things into order. Are you in this place? If you're blessed in here, shout glory. glory. In essence, God is saying, watch this, my response to pressure and stress is order and structure. That's how I respond to pressure and stress. I bring things into order. Let me ask you a question in here. Are you organized about what you've been praying about? Because, you know, we believe in God for a lot of things. The question is, have you been preparing for what you've been petitioning? You're wondering why it's not coming, hallelujah. You can't just pray about it. you got to prepare for it. I'm believing God for this, but what have you been doing in the meantime? While you're waiting on it to come, are you blessed in here, church? Ah, God, hallelujah. Mm. You, you cannot have a new blessing with an old order. That's why the challenge is as God, take you, as God takes you to levels, you have to be bringing things into order so that you can graduate to new levels. But you ain't going to experience new blessings on old orders. Can I give you, oh God, I'm about to mess up this service. 
Don't follow anybody who is not focused. Single ladies. Let me help the single ladies in the house if there's some in the house today. Do not follow anybody who is not focused. Why? Because here's the reality. Where are you going? Where are you going if you're following somebody who's always distracted and is not singular and don't know how to set their center and have no goal or nothing, no target, nothing that they're aiming to. He's taking you nowhere. You're going to spend 40 years in the desert. Talking about you got me going in circles. You got to be old school. You got to be old school. Hallelujah. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. glory. I ain't going to finish this. Hallelujah. Watch this. Watch this. There are people, listen, don't follow anybody who has no focus. There are people who talk with no focus. How do I know I'm with somebody? <laughs> Just listen to them talk. There are people who have no trend to their thoughts. And when you are a good listener, I happen to be a good listener, but I get frustrated if your thoughts have no trend and you ain't taking me nowhere with your talking. I'm here, I'm there, I'm here, and I'm there, and I'm here, and, I'm there, and there's no trend to your thought. It's hard to follow you. Three minutes, if I'm not making eye contact with you, you lost me. You lost me. I tried. I'm a good listener, but there's no trend to your thought. So next time you come talk to me. No, stop. 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 Some people, some people spend with no focus. Some people spend with no focus. You have to have a plan to your money. You can't, you can't buy everything. Spending with no focus leads to poverty. All the shoppers ain't liking me right now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? People with no focus are people with no discipline. People with no focus are people with no discipline. Can I say something else in here? You cannot maintain focus without discipline. There's no way, I don't care how hard you say you're going to concentrate. No discipline, you will not be able to maintain your focus. Are you in this place? Let me make a statement in here, hallelujah. Discipline is the bridge between thought and accomplishment. Discipline is the bridge between thought and accomplishment, between a dream and you fulfilling that dream. The bridge that takes you there is discipline. No discipline, you will not arrive. You will not get to your destination apart from discipline. It's getting quieter by the minute. Hallelujah, Jesus. There's no way you're going to get there with an undisciplined life. The prodigal son 
starts talking to his dad, watch this, with no focus. Just give me my money. He doesn't have a plan to that money. He doesn't know exactly what he's going to do with that money. He just wants that money. He's talking with no focus. As soon as he gets out of the house, he starts spending with no focus. He has no discipline in his life, and he thought that if he, would, if he could live free from discipline, he would be all right. Can I submit something to you in here? Freedom without boundaries is chaotic. Freedom without boundaries is chaotic. To assume, hallelujah, that, that to be free means no boundaries is crazy. Even the laws of the land exist, hallelujah, to keep your freedom. And when you break those laws, you get locked up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Even from the beginning in Genesis, God told them you can eat from every tree except one. Even God knew I can't give you all that kind of freedom. I had to put a boundary in there. Just one. And they still, they still went beyond it. Amen? The prodigal thinks that he can live undisciplined and he's going to get somewhere. He got somewhere. He got to the hog pen. He's broke. He ain't got no more money. He ain't got no more friends. And now he's desiring to eat what the swine are eating. And then the Bible says, watch this, that he comes to himself. While he is partying, he is not thinking about his father's house. But the minute he loses everything, he begins to refocus. Unfortunately, sometimes it takes us getting to a low place before we start refocusing again. Notice what he says. I thought this was interesting. He says, in my father's house, the servants are eating better than me. I will arise, go back to my father's house as a servant. When I thought about the servants, the servants are a hired help. Understand that as hired help, they're working under a certain level of discipline. They have a job description and they have to do the same thing every day. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But I will, can I say something to you? A person that is disciplined will never go without a meal. A person that is disciplined will never go without a meal. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They're eating better than me. I will go back, watch this, to my father's house and be as one of them. And start living a life of discipline. Again, here's the problem with us. God, help me in here. Here's the problem with us. Oftentimes, we'll hit a low place in our life. We'll, thankfully, we'll recognize that we're at a low place. And we'll determine, you know what? This is not me. This is not me. This is not who I am. This is not where I'm supposed to be. I will arise like the prodigal son. I will get up. I will come out of this. And so we make the decision to come out. And we start walking in the disciplines of old. Watch this. To get back to the place where we used to be. And after, watch this. After disciplining ourselves for a while, we get back to that place where we used to be. And then we make the mistake to start talking crazy. Like, you know what? I've worked so hard to get here. I need a break. And when we take a break, hallelujah, usually it's a break from the disciplines that got us there in the first place. And you take a break from those disciplines for a long period of time, you know where you're going? You're going right back down to that low point. 
And the crazy thing is that the person will get to that low point. I've seen it, hallelujah, time and time again. And then say, oh, wait, this is not me. Start working again to get back up, hallelujah. Take a break, go back down. Start working again, get back up, take a break, go back down. And then their life is simply nothing more than a roller coaster. And then all of a sudden, the up and down in your life becomes your comfort zone. Becomes your comfort zone. But at the end of the day, what you have as a result is a life with no sustained success. And that is not the will of God for your life. I said that is not the will of God for your life. And that cycle becomes your comfort zone. You will become what you focus on. I said you will become what you focus on. Are you blessed in here? Oh, Jesus. Now let me try to deal with this text a little bit. <laughs> Habakkuk is at a very dangerous place in his life in chapter 1. We read from chapter 3. But in chapter 1, he's in a very dangerous place because he's in a place where he is on the brink of losing his focus. I would dare say, hallelujah, that even though he came very close to the edge, I love him because he doesn't lose it. Amen. Many people do, hallelujah, but Habakkuk is our teacher today. And there's some things that he wants to teach us, hallelujah, to help us not lose our focus. Are you in this place, church? He's upset. Show me, show me Habakkuk chapter 1 and verse number 1. Hallelujah. I'm about to pray that prayer that Joshua prayed when he said, God, make the sun stand still. In other words, stop time. Watch this. Hallelujah. The burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. Next verse. O Lord, how long shall I cry and thou wilt not hear? Even cry out unto thee of violence and thou wilt not save. Next verse. Why dost thou show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance? For spoiling and violence are before me, and there are that raise up strife and contention. Next verse. Therefore the law is slacked, and the judgment doth never go forth, for the wicked doth compass about the righteous. Therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. And I'm going to stop right there. Uh, he's looking at what's happening in the world and it is robbing him of his focus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You're going to find the challenge in the Bible that says, set your mind on things that are above and not things that are beneath. But he is focused right now on what's happening on the earth. He's seeing injustice. He sees it. He's not lying about it. He's not making it up. There's injustice in the world. He sees it and he's wondering why God is not doing anything about it. He said, God, I've been praying. It's not like he's not praying. He's been praying. I've been praying, God, seeking you about this, asking you to talk to me about it. Why is it that the wicked are compassing the righteous? Hallelujah. I'm tired of seeing the wicked prosper get away with wrongdoing while I'm over here trying to do right and I'm struggling. Oh, y'all don't pray like that? You read Psalm 73, Asaph said, I almost stumbled when I saw the way the wicked were prospering. It messed me up, hallelujah. Here I am trying to live right, trying to come to church, paying my tithes, hallelujah. Believing God, hallelujah. Doing everything I know that the Bible says so that I can live right. And here are these people living like hell. 
doing the wrong thing. Hallelujah. The Bible says how their strength is their own God. Hallelujah. They only believe in themselves. They don't believe in God. They have false idols. Hallelujah. Made of wood and gold and stone. And they worship these man-made idols. Hallelujah. And live any old kind of way. And they mistreat us, the righteous. And they get away with it. And he's losing his focus. But after reading chapter 3, if he could testify in this place today, he would give you, hallelujah, this one command. Put it up there on the screen, my first point, hallelujah. Never neglect your faith. Oh, God. Do I got, do I got any uh, baseball fans in the house? Baseball fans, people who like baseball. You familiar with the name Hank Aaron? You familiar with the name Yogi Berra? I read an article that I thought was very interesting about Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron was a home run king, hallelujah. And uh, Yogi Berra was a catcher uh, who, who's known for getting a lot of hits, amen. Well, one particular day, uh, Yogi Berra is catching while Hank Aaron is coming to the plate. Watch what Yogi Berra does. Yogi Berra tells Hank Aaron, you know you're holding the bat wrong. You know, you, you don't even hold the bat right. Do you know what he's doing? He's trying to distract the home run king. He says, you know you don't even hold the bat right. You know you're not supposed to hold the bat so that the letters are facing you. What are you doing? Trying to read what's on the bat while you're at the plate? Can you tell me what you're, what you're reading? I mean, he's talking to him. Tell me what you're reading. What, what does the bat say? Hank, huh? Next pitch comes in. Crack. Out of the park it goes. And Hank Aaron runs the bases, hallelujah, and while he's coming to home plate, he touches home plate, and he looks at Yogi Berra and says, I ain't come here to read. I came here to hit home runs. Somebody shout focus. Oh, God, I said somebody shout focus. Listen, the idea of the enemy is to take your focus off of what God said, and so you can put it on what's happening are you hearing what I'm saying? Hallelujah. That's exactly what's happening to the man of God even right now. Hallelujah. He's so focused on what's happening. It's all he sees. Are you in this place? What are you focusing on? It's amazing how fast one can lose their focus. I mean fast. wish I had some real people. I mean fast. If I had time, I would take you to the story of Elijah. He loses focus after a tremendous victory. I mean, immediately after taking 400 plus false prophets of Baal up on Mount Carmel and single-handedly in a showdown, call fire down from heaven and lick up the water. Since when does fire lick up water? Water usually turns out fire, but not God's fire. I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to leave that alone. So, so, so watch this now. Tremendous victory on Mount Carmel. Killed the prophets. And then one woman. One woman. <laughs> Women are dangerous. 400 men. And he stood there and called fire down from heaven and killed the false prophets of Baal. One woman. Threatened him. And he was running for his life. Running for his life. 
And I ain't got time to take you to the story, but if you ever go to First uh, Kings chapter 19, First Kings chapter 19, and somewhere around verse number 2, you're going to see it there. The Bible says, watch this, that when after he did that, Ahab, Jezebel's husband, told Jezebel what Elijah had done, and Jezebel said, send him a message and tell him, hallelujah, that by this time tomorrow, he will be like one of those false prophets that got killed. He has my word on it. And when the prophet received the message, here's what the Bible says in the King James. When he saw her words, and I had to stop there for a second. When he saw, put it up there because they got to see it. First uh, Kings chapter 19. First Kings chapter 19, I believe it's verse number 2. First Kings 19 verse number 2. My Lord have mercy. Listen, then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Next verse. And when he what? They were words. I said they were words. You can see words. Watch, watch, watch. And when he saw that, she said, by this time tomorrow, I'm going to kill you. Those words became a picture in his mind. And in his mind, he saw her killing him. When he saw her words, when he lost focus, he ran. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, God, help me in here. Do not lose focus. Threats can make you lose focus. Can make you move away from purpose. You move away from purpose, you're going to find yourself out of place. He went hiding. The man became suicidal. The man didn't even want to live anymore because he was out of purpose. God, help me in here. And wanted to quit. Show me somebody who wants to quit, and I'll show you somebody who's lost their focus. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? And so he says, kill me, finish me. God comes into the, ain't God good. He's outside of the will of God now. He's running. How do I know he's outside of the will of God? Because when God gets to the cave, the first thing God says is, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? You out of place. Are you hearing me? Adam, where art thou? You've lost focus. You're not at the place I left you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But God goes into the cave and ministers to him. It's amazing because he lost his focus, therefore he lost his target. And since he no longer has a target, he makes himself the target. Kill me. Nobody else. Listen, he only saw himself as the last person who served the Lord. Nobody else wants to serve you, God. I'm the last one. I'm the only one left. And God says, what's wrong with you, man? I always have a remnant. I have 7,000 right now on reserve who have not bowed their knee to bow. I always have a remnant. Oh, God, help me in here. I always have a remnant. You're out of focus. And what does God do? He gives him a target. He says, go find Elisha. 
Oh God, help me in here. Go find Elisha. It's time for you to find your successor. Listen, finding a successor is not, is not something you start thinking about when you're 80. I'm already thinking about it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Mm. Who are you pouring into? Can I help you in here? If you let God use you to pour into somebody else, that'll help you stay focused. Pouring into others will help you stay focused. Pouring into others will prepare you for promotion. Because understand, you know, don't get it twisted. Just because this man lost focus for a little while, he's one of two people who never saw death. Watch this, and he's about to go up. And God said, I can't take you up if you're unfocused. God, help me in here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When the Bible says that Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem, watch this. It says, when the time had fully come for Jesus to be received up, he set his face. Because anytime God is getting ready to take you up, you can't be here and there. Anytime God is getting ready to lift you up, promote you, take you to another level, you can't be here and there. Jesus said, when it came time for me to go up, I set my face. The closer I get to destiny, the more focused I must become. Are you in this place, church? Hallelujah. Mm. Mm. No focus? People ain't going to follow you. No focus? Your kids won't follow you. No focus? Love won't follow you. No focus? Wealth won't follow you. You're wondering why it ain't happening? It's not happening because of a lack of focus. You're too distracted. Oh God, have mercy in this place. Some people have wrong focus. You should be committed to this, but you're focused to that. Fighting wrong battles. Putting right efforts in wrong places. Some of us are eating the fruit today of yesterday's focus. Are you blessed in here, church? I have seven minutes. Somebody shout, you could do it. Hallelujah. I'm going to come back to this text, I hope. (laughs) But when Jesus says, I'm setting my face to go to Jerusalem, is because the cross awaits him. Purpose awaits him. He's very close to his destiny. Therefore, he has to focus in. Amen. I can't be here and I can't be there. In the middle of him focusing in, this is what happens. His disciples come to him. So many people get caught up in this. His disciples come to him and say, hey, Jesus, there's some people uh, over there in the next city uh, preaching in your name. And they're preaching wrong. I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what they say. They're preaching wrong. Shall we go over there and call fire down from heaven on them? And Jesus looked at them and said, from what spirit are you? If they're not against me, they're for me. Oh, God, listen to what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, watch, I'm too focused to waste my time managing other people's emotions. I'm too close. Oh, God, help me right here. I'm too close right now to the end of my assignment. And I can't get caught up in that. 
You know how many people get caught up in that? Oh, God, have mercy here. In other words, watch this. Your parameters should not have your energy. Your principles and your priority should have your energy, not your parameters. Oh, God, do I got a photographer in the room? Your lens is too wide. And because your lens is too wide, hallelujah, you're coming out of focus. You need to discipline, hallelujah, the priority of your lens. Are you in this place, church? Somebody shout focus. Your life is a blur. I ain't getting out one amen right there. But watch this. Your life is a blur. You blaming devils. You blaming people. You blaming stuff that happened to you in the past. And the reality is you are out of focus. You looking back like Lottie. Somebody said Lottie. That's Lot's wife. She doesn't have a name in the Bible, so I gave her a name. Her name is Lottie. Lottie. Because you look back, your life becomes a freeze frame. And God wanted it to be a motion picture. A picture in motion. God wanted her to be a movement. She became a monument. Because she couldn't help but... The Bible says, hallelujah, he who puts his hands to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. You have to be able to forget those things that are behind you. Are you blessed in here, church? Oh, God, have mercy in this place. Hallelujah. You got to narrow the lens. If like Abraham, that means that you got to tell people that are rolling with you, watch this. You can stay here with the donkeys. I wanted to say it in the King James, but I just can't do it. You stay here with the donkeys. Me and the lad are going yonder to worship. Because me and the lad are ready to go to the next level. When I narrow my lens and you find yourself outside of that hallelujah focus, you can't go with me. And I got to realize at that point that I cannot take everybody to a place they don't want to go. Are you in this place in here? Oh, God, help me in here. Mm. Are you blessed in here? If I take these glasses off right now, I can see you. I can still see you, but you're blurry. You're blurry because the muscle in my eye that pulls everything into focus has diminished somewhat because of age. So I had to purchase some focus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because it's too important to compromise. And I was not going to continue to live out of focus. Oh, y'all don't say nothing in here today. I had to buy me some strength. Y'all not... Somebody shout focus. That's why I can't let you hurt me. Because I have to stay focused. 
I have to be careful about what I decide to allow to keep me up at night. Somebody shout focus. Some of you get offended too easy. Some of you lose your focus too easy. And you don't understand, hallelujah, that God's going to test your focus. Your faith will always be tested before it's trusted. And a faith that's not tested is a faith that will never be trusted. Are you blessed in here? Hallelujah. The greatest resistance always comes when you're closest to the greatest opportunity. The greatest resistance always comes when you're closest to the greatest opportunity. Listen, Jesus sets his face. He's going to Jerusalem. Ain't nothing changing his mind. Even the fact, watch this, that the religious people have already set plans in place to kill Jesus when he gets to Jerusalem. Jesus said, I'm still going. Oh, God, help me in here. In other words, I'm focused. And it's going to take great focus when you experience great opposition when you get close to your great opportunity. Because the greatest resistance is always going to come when you're closest to the greatest opportunity. And it's going to require great focus for you to get there. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Oh, I got to land this plane. When you use a magnifying glass, you know, most people think they are magnifying that little thing. But you're doing more than that. When you use a magnifying glass, you are also focusing. Here's what you're doing. You're taking the rays from the sun. If you're outdoors, you are taking the rays from the sun that are scattered. And you're concentrating all those rays to one specific area. And if you concentrate those rays to one specific area long enough, that thing will catch fire. In other words, your focus can set a thing on fire. You didn't hear what I just said. I said your focus can set a thing on fire. Yeah, some of y'all just want to go home. I could tell. I could tell. Hallelujah. Are you blessed, church? I'm looking to see how I can land this plane because I'm on point number one. Last week I told you the tithe is about focus. I don't know why we get bent out of shape. The tithe is about focus. I gave an illustration, hallelujah, and I'll try to land this plane. Listen, I gave an illustration that if we took our cameras, we don't have them out today, but on Sundays we have them out. If we took those cameras and I told the camera person, watch this, to focus on the background first. What would happen is that they will catch the background, but I would be blurry because they focused on the background first. But then if I tell the camera person, focus on me, and they make me a priority, and they focus on me, and then I give them the command, now blow it up and add the background. The background will come in, and I wouldn't lose focus. So when I'm talking about the tithe, watch this now. It's really about focus. God is after your focus. Oh, God, help me in here. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added on. If you make me the priority, then everything else. 
will be added on. Are you blessed in here, church? Now, let me just read these points off you and let, and let you go. Amen. Oh, so much here. Habakkuk had a lot to say. He just didn't get to say it today. Show me point number two. So watch this. The first thing I said was never neglect your faith, right? That's the first thing I said. The second thing was be open to God's way of doing things. And I'm going to have to talk to you about this next week. Hallelujah. Because God tells uh, Habakkuk uh, in verse number five, in verse number five, he tells him, listen, I'm up to something. I'm going to do something. Just put verse five. I'll close with verse five. Just put verse five because... You know, you're looking at me like I'm lying or something. <laughs> Chapter 1, verse 5. Behold ye among the heathen and regard and wonder marvelously, for I will work in your days that which you will not believe, though I told you. I'm going to do some kind of work in your day that's going to be so crazy, you're not even going to believe it if I told you. I'm going to do something so crazy, hallelujah, I'm going to tell you after I tell you, Habakkuk, you're not going to believe me. But, it's, but my word is so good. Here's what you need to do. Write it down. Hallelujah. Write it down because when it does happen, I'm going to be able to stand there and tell you I told you I was going to do it. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? And so watch this. Put my second point up there real quickly. Hallelujah. I'm going to take you home. I'm take you home. Hallelujah. Be open to God's way of doing things. In other words, I'm going to do it, but I'm not doing it in a way that you expect. I'm doing it different. He's complaining about his enemies and how they're triumphant over him. And God is saying, I'm using them. I'm using them. In other words, I'm doing it. It doesn't look like I'm doing it, but I'm doing it. And I'm using them to do it. And they don't know that they're working for me. You want it to come a certain way. You're expecting it to happen a certain way. And God is saying, I need you to be open to my way of doing things. Because my ways are not your ways. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. Hallelujah. You want a friend to come and help you. But sometimes your enemies serve as better friends than some of your friends. I said sometimes your enemies serve as better friends than some of your friends. Because your friends always like to celebrate you where you are. And as long as they celebrate you where you are, you stay where you are. So I need an enemy to move you where you need to be. An enemy is necessary. If Hannah were here, she'll tell you. You remember that message on the sisters? Hannah will tell you, I needed Penina. Penina, hallelujah, provoked me to prayer. Prayer caused me to birth, hallelujah, my dream, hallelujah. No Penina, no prayer, no prayer.